The New Level Cap Podcast is a show about fun, friends, game design, and all things otherwise. Your hosts are Marco DeSantos and Brad Talton of Level 99 Games. I'm Chris Solis, your producer, and without further ado, please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our new podcast. The which, new podcast. Which is the same old podcast, just with a new shine for the new year, you know what I mean? It's like the old podcast got a hold of a fire flower, and now it's on fire, shooting fire everywhere. That sounds horrific. Um, but also kind of badass in an 80s action movie way. If you yes. Know I mean. uh, the podcast is also wearing, like, uh, what, what are those called? Like, the, the sleeveless muscle shirts? Yeah, and it's got the Terminator <laughs> eye. and you know. <laughs> It's giving a doll to its, like, estranged daughter named Casey, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all those, all that stuff, all, all that stuff, all that good stuff. Oh my gosh, Brad, I'm so excited to introduce everyone to this new podcast that is um, yet unnamed as we're recording it. It feels like it's been so long. We were like so good. We were doing a podcast every week, and then we weren't. We were not doing a podcast every week, and it was terrible. And then we weren't doing a podcast at all for like a month, and it was unbearable. And now we're back. We're back, and we're doing podcasts again, yeah. and. Feels good. It's good to be back, Marco. It's good to be back. And it's kind of like a sickness, right? It's like we crave the podcast. We crave the cringe between the two of us, Brad. And together we will create the mighty force that will propel this into the future. Well, you've got your own reasons, so I won't question those. But um, let's... let's Tell me about your new year, Marco. Tell me about your your Christmas holiday. To new listeners, I'm assuming that, like, because this, this podcast will now be on iTunes and it'll have more reach to our fans and all like that. So, uh, quick primer, I am Marco, I am Filipino, and you know what that means, Brad? What does that mean? Christmas starts in September. <laughs> That's what that <laughs> means, Brad. So, yeah, so it, it's been it's been okay, you know. Uh, as a Filipino, it's a very family-centric holiday, so I've been visiting uh-huh. family all over, and it's, it's fun, you know. It's great to spend time with people you care about and i have an interesting question for you because the the asian population over in the philippines is pretty big right we're all asian yeah yeah so but, but okay maybe i mean like the continental asian population oh yeah like east asian like, yeah like like, Chi- like chinese and, chinese and japanese yeah okay sure so is is christmas a bigger holiday or is chinese new year a bigger holiday uh, so here, part of the world. Here's the big irony, right? So Christmas is definitely the biggest holiday because ninety something percent of Filipinos are Roman Catholic, so mm-hmm. it has to be the biggest holiday. Um, and the other big thing is that it's it's just that yeah, Christmas Christmas is four months long, Brad. <laughs> it's four months long, okay, you, Brad. There's no Halloween doesn't exist in the Philippines. Literally, September drops, and all the malls are Christmas-themed. What's Halloween? It doesn't exist. Well, so when I when I talk to my printers in China, they're like, oh, we know Christmas is such a big holiday for you. We imagine that you're going to take like two or three weeks off, you know, for the Christmas holiday, maybe the whole month off. And we're like, well, it's not, it's not that big a holiday. It's, a, it's like a week, you know, because of Christmas and New Year's, but it's, it's not that big. And I wonder if maybe they get the impression that Christmas is a gigantic holiday uh, from uh, people like you, Marco. Probably, probably. I mean, like, you know, if you have to interact with Filipinos and they talk about Christmas, Christmas is a big, is a, is a definitely a big thing. Chinese New Year is like three days at most. Uh, the meme in the Philippines is that you always ask for tikoy from your Chinese friends because uh, 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's like it's kind of like Chinese dessert that's kind of like rice based or something. Mm-hmm. It's 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 oh egg based or something. Anyway, interesting. It's, it's okay. yummy. It's yummy. It's like savory sweet. Anyway, you the joke is that you always ask decoy from them and they get mad because um you know it's it's kind of mean to continuously badger your friends for free food. <laughs> so how was your holiday, Brad? How was your holiday? My holiday, my holiday was cool. Um, it's not quite over yet. We still have New Year's, which uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's. I am so that's my anniversary. Um, I got married uh, seven years ago, this uh, 2012 New Year's, and this this year we are going to a little mountain cabin or forest cabin in uh, New Mexico, and we're just going to um, get set off fireworks. In oh, okay. yeah. No, no, it's it's snowing here, right? We're we're in the northern hemisphere, so it's very cold now. I see. And we're going to um, so we're, yeah, we're just gonna get snowed in at this cabin and uh, drink hot chocolate and watch movies and read books and not talk to anyone from the outside world. And that, it's gonna be great. That sounds that sounds absolutely heavenly, but at the same time, no fireworks in the cabin. Like, is no no fireworks are a summertime thing. Really? Okay, so you guys don't like do fireworks do, on New Year's? Do you guys do Christmas fireworks? No, New Year's. New Year's. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, people do fireworks on New Year's, but you don't do fireworks on New Year's. Like, that's never been, at least that's ah, sort of my holiday tradition. In, like, I see. That's interesting. You know, like, there's there's fireworks in New York Times Square, and there's fireworks, you know, in, in like, major cities, but you generally, people don't do fireworks. People do fireworks on the Fourth of July on Independence Day here in America, um, but ah. the like the government does fireworks on New Year's. At least that's the way it's always been for me. Uh, that's quite interesting. Uh, we used to do fireworks as people every every New Year because the government mm-hmm. doesn't do that for us, um, which is why you yeah. should never drive during the New Year because everybody's well, like that's a that's a very Asian thing too is yeah. to to do fireworks out in the street on holidays it's very interesting to see how differently you celebrate holidays yeah we have some some cultural differences it's fun to talk about but it's it's good that you had a good new year and i'm looking forward to my new year and um yeah it's uh things are going well things are going well well, let's let's get started with the show yeah let's get started with the show so brad new year new podcast what what's different about the Level Cap podcast, right? Like, wh- what's this episode about? We're not doing the usual thing that we do. Why? So, we wanted to try a slightly different structure for the new podcast, really to sort of stay more focused on topics and not so much just ramble about whatever came to our mind that day. So, I think the key difference for this podcast is just going to be that me and you are more prepared when we get when we sit and talk. We have a we have an idea already of what we're going to talk about. Um, and I don't want to diminish the sections where we just talk, you know, like like the welcome sections and stuff like that. But, um, you know, but making sure that we've, you know, that we've got a topic to talk about, um, I think will we'll improve the, the show and make it a little more approachable to, to people who, you know, who are from the outside coming in. Oh. So, so that's my goal for the Level Cap podcast. Uh, or rather, the new podcast, which is not named a Level Cap podcast anymore, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> in it's, 2019. It's obviously Level Ca- Level Cap podcast to adventure with Knuckles, right? It's yeah, and Level Cap podcast and Knuckles. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's it's perfect. It's a perfect title. I, I can't believe we didn't just name it that. Gosh. <laughs> 
Se- get at us, Sega. Get at us. So what is what's what's new? What's your New Year's resolution for the podcast, Marco? The New Year's resolution for the podcast is number one to get as many new people in as possible from our fan base because. You know, a, a lot of people who do like Level 99 games actually have not listened to the podcast yet. So hopefully they're listening to this right now and uh, hopefully do not regret their decision on clicking or downloading this this podcast audio MP3 file. So hello. Uh, I hope you're all doing great. And number two, um, hopefully we go as long as possible without mentioning the Forsaken game, whose initials are D and S and must not be spoken of on this podcast. I'm resisting. I'm resisting, Marco. You're resisting, Brad. Everybody but from I'm the wearing old... my, I'm wearing my t-shirt that are, is about that game. Are you seriously wearing a t-shirt of the Forbidden game, the game that must not be named right now? Yes, the game, the game where the souls are dark. Uh, yes. Brad, I'm wearing that we... t-shirt. What are we doing? How are we gonna do our New Year's resolution like this? <sighs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Anyway, what's your New Year's resolution, Brad, for this podcast? Um, to stay on track. Oh my, no! My resolution is to stay on track. We're and failing. So I'm gonna get right into the topic. <laughs> so, what's our topic? What's our topic for this week? So, our topic this year is purpose in design for purpose. for this new year. Um, I see. And so this is this is really about the why things are made, right? Because when you make something, you make it with a goal in mind. You don't just make it for its own sake. I see. And so it's it's really easy to to conflate like the function of a thing and the purpose of a thing, and um, and it's an easy trap to fall into. So you see a lot of products, I guess, in the world, and it's not always clear why this product was made or yeah. it is clear and it's not good why this product was made. <laughs> Sometimes you see a product on the shelf and you're like, oh, that exists just to be sold. It won't have any purpose once it reaches my house anymore. Once yeah. I buy it from this shelf, its purpose will be fulfilled. You see that with a lot of, you know, with a lot of knickknacks and... Uh, clothes. Like, not even... Well, clothes at least you can wear. I'm thinking of, like, holiday novelty items. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah. like like those um, like those Santa Clauses that you press and they dance a bit, like that. Yeah, stuff like that, or you know, the thing things that are redundant. You know, yeah, like you've got a new smartphone. Well, this is the you know like the like this model smartphone. All these features existed already in other smartphones. Why does this one need to exist? Well, it just exists so that company X would have a smartphone on the market to sell. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. purpose of the of the product. It's not its purpose isn't for you, the consumer. Its purpose is to the company that designed it. So when I look at things and I'm walking around and I'm looking at different products on the shelves at the holiday season, I like to think like why was this made? You know, um, I have some interesting insight about this. You ever watch those like um home shopping network TV shows where they try to sell you like the dumbest looking thing? When I can, when I can't avoid it, I've seen some of these. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, like the the one handed potato peeler and stuff like that. Like I always wondered, like the infamous. Yeah, yeah. Why why do these things exist? Like there's like um an avocado shucker that lets you like shuck the seed out of an avocado using just one hand. And hey, that that sounds incredibly useful. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, right? Like it's like can't you just do that easily? Anyway, like, why do you need a thing that lets No, you... you can't just shuck an avocado easily. Those things are super difficult to deal with. Okay, okay. Look, so... So, so this is this is another part of it, Marco. There's, there's, there's two parts of this, right? There are things that have purpose, and then... Um, but 
if something is useful to you, your purpose has to align with its purpose. So for me, like I could use an avocado shucker. I um, see. But you probably couldn't because you do, that's not that that doesn't align with what you do with what your purpose is. I don't like avocados. You, <laughs> yeah, that does yeah. that's not useful to you. So so there is there's two levels of it. There's two levels of it. But I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So so, but I was looking at those things right, and I don't understand like why. And it turns out that those things are for people with disabilities. <laughs> Like, oh, right? oh, okay. It's yeah, like, that's that's another side of it too. Then, yeah. So it's like, so I was thinking to myself, it's like, why would I ever? Well, like me personally, I don't need this. Like, why? Why the heck is this a thing? Why does it exist? And it it just comes from the fact that my experience or my context doesn't let me understand that there are certain people who can't do these things with two hands because they are unable to. And you know, hmm. understanding that means that. Sometimes, though the purpose is not clear to me, it might be crystal clear for other people. And basically, like you were saying, right? Like an object's purpose has to align with how the user's purpose for it is, right? Yeah, it yeah. has to. It has to connect with with you and inspire you with how this thing is going to become part of your life. And if the thing that you're that you're you're picking up, purchasing, doesn't match with your purpose um either or your lifestyle it'll either a become something like a novelty that you that you purchase and then it looks good on your shelf and that might be the purpose that you buy it for i know a lot of people who have like these big impressive board games and they just look good on the shelf they just want to paint the minis and show them off no, yeah they're not really for play um at the same time you see um a lot of things where like you get a thing and then you realize, oh, I didn't really want to ever use this thing. I just wanted to own it in the moment because I was convinced that I wanted it. There's a lot of nuance to it, and there's no real right answer or wrong answer when you when you look for it. But I think that it's important to think about purpose when you when you look at an item that's been designed. Yeah. So ultimately, there's like a purpose in design. And really, what I want to ask you, Brad, is that you are a designer of things yourself. So is is there like some sort of overarching philosophy to your purpose in design or like what are your key tenets or key well, points? Well, I'm not going to say that we're we're perfect because we certainly have gone astray and we have made a lot of games. I wouldn't say a lot of games, but some of our games have been made without that clarity of purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We generally have kind of three key points with level 99 games. Um and they were on our website from the very beginning. And they're still there somewhere, although I probably need to put them back up on the front page for 2019. Um, but the three keywords are design, development, discovery. Design, we want to make something that people can build on. A lot of our fans are designers. They want to expand the game or expand the world, somehow sort of make it theirs through building a part of it. Uh, development, you want to create something that is worth mastering, something that can be delved into something that grows with people so a lot of our players want to master something they want to dig deeper rather than building on top they want to dig under the surface and find you know the the secrets within these systems or within this world they want to really like understand how everything works Mm -hmm. and then discovery we want to create something that goes deeper something that it lives beyond just the box that it comes in. So you want to make something that players will be thinking about even after they finish the game 
that they'll be looking forward to playing the next game, to discovering more of this world, or even looking to, forward to the next game towards how's this world going to change, how are these characters going to evolve, what new thing am I going to find out about this world or these characters or about myself through playing this. So mm -hmm. that's sort of our design philosophy. And I think most of all, we make games for friends, people, something that you and another person can meet up together and play this game and really share a experience between the two of you that um, that you can't find anywhere else. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, ultimately, that's, that's the point, right? Like, games are meant to bring people together. I, I firmly believe that if a game encourages you to desocialize yourself, something's inherently wrong with it, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of understand solo games, but I've never been a fan of solo games because... I've always said oh, I just play. I'll just play a video game if I want to play solo. Um, the real advantage of tabletop, I feel, is that it brings people together face to face. And honestly, there's nothing more fun than when we sit down and we're playing a board game and we talk about why the game is working the way it is. Yeah. And how the mechanics work, and even if the mechanics don't exactly match up to the gameplay, that's a lot of fun too. Just to talk about games. Yeah, I mean, like... Um, you have a lot of fun. I mean, like, ultimately, like, some of the best fun I've had playing your games in particular, BattleCon in particular. Oh, by the way, if you're new to the show, Marco basically only talks about BattleCon. Um, and also, Marco does not... We have other not... games, though, that aren't BattleCon. Yeah, we, we do, we do, we do. It's just Marco that... even owns some of these games. Yes, I do. I have Exceed. I also have Millennium Blades. See, I have other games. I have other games. Yeah. This is that BattleCon's my favorite. Uh, and it's mostly because of stuff like that, you know, like... Like the the crazy jank that happened with me and my friend. Um, like I would put down an attack pair. I would stare at my friend in the face and like just go. I put down dash. This is a dash. A hundred percent a dash. I'm totally dashing right now. And they play into the dash, and I reveal it, and it is a dash. And I'm like, you fool! You believed me. You didn't believe me. I was telling the truth. And and it's it's stuff like that, right? Like. I don't know. Yeah, it's the, the it's the interactions that you have, and, exactly. And I I think it's they're not they're not permanent. They're not like like life changing, but they are moments. Um, they are the point. Yeah, it's those moments when you really, you know, you, where you just have a good time with friends and you connect over something. I've always had a tough time just talking with people. Really. <laughs> and yeah, and so having some kind of shared activity that we're both participating in makes it a lot easier for me to connect with people. So for me, I guess games are a bit of an icebreaker in that sense too. Yeah. Oh, um, Brett, even... Brett, Brett. Yeah? Let me give you some pro A tips from Marco, huh? Okay, okay. I'll give you a good icebreaker that you can use on anyone okay. and it'll work. Approach the All person right. you want to break the ice with and say, hey, how much does a polar bear weigh? Okay, um... How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. Hi, I'm Marco. And like, wow, do you even make the Bugs Bunny sound at the end? Yeah, yeah. Is that like, what seals the deal? Yeah, it's, uh, you have to wink and extend your hand in a handshake motion as you do it. Wow. It's, All right. Yeah, I can. Um, I can see why uh, why you're a hit um, over there in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Everybody I'm, wants to hang out with Marco. Totes popular guy over here. Totally has lots of friends and totally doesn't just have three of them. I promise. 
Well, that's the beauty of the internet and online communities. We have many friends. Yeah. They're just not next door to all of them. Yeah, and, 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 and still, right? Like, the games are a way that you're able to connect with those people. Because I've made a lot of online friends who I never would have been friends with because of, like, maybe different interests or whatever. And I can literally spend, like, two hours talking about... I literally just came from the Battlecon online Discord chat, and they have spent the last an hour or whatever debating like ranking the styles of one character from best to worst and giving justifications uh-huh. for why it just makes interacting so much easier and ultimately that's the beauty of it all it's 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 what i love seeing in communities like how literally just this game that you made can bring people together even when they're not playing it no it's it is it is really good and it's not anything exclusive to us, I mean, I, I I try to avoid playing my own games in social situations when I can. So I would say my games aren't a great way for me to break the ice. They're great for other people. <laughs> um, I I am always under judgment when I uh, when I have one of my games on the table. So I try to avoid playing them in my own freak in my own company, except with playtesters who obviously are trying to break them and trying to judge them. So if in that context, it's clear. But um, it puts people in an awkward situation when you make a game and then you put it on the table. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're just all, in our way, I guess designers, right? Whether it's because we want yeah. to extend the world or expand the world or just get more into the world. We we all just kind of want to get our fingers into the pies that essentially yeah. you bake, right? You bake the pies, Brad, and then we put our little grubby fingers in them. And hopefully change the pie in such a way that makes it better or more appealing to us. I suppose I'm more of like a, a pie curator, you know. Ah, I the, see. Uh, the the pies the pies get made. I present the pies. You stick your fingers in the pies, and you let me know if the pie was, you know, the correct like uh, heat level for your fingers, and um, and then I make more pies with the leftovers of the pies that you put your fingers into. That's so unsanitary, but I'm it's getting It's extremely the unsanitary, but it's a very Marco explanation. I was yeah, doing my best. Yeah, Marco Senpai. Uh, it's, 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 it's all right, Brad Kun. Brad Chan? I don't but yeah. know. So I'd say we attract a community of designers because our players either want to, like, yeah, make more characters, make more game, extend this game, or extend this universe with art, with fan fiction, um, or um, mine this universe with lore compilations and um and like kind of learning the the war of the world or with mechanics compilations building references and documents and balancing and ais we have both of those kinds of people the i guess you say yeah explorers and delvers and innovators which are all explorers and delvers and innovators in different ways so all those people are really kind of the same person the person who is interested in design development and discovery yeah in the things that they that they purchase because the games that you present are such a rich vein that can be explored in so many ways so brad no, I... you're just flattering you're just flattering now marco hey 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 i'm just being let's completely let's take a break there. let's take a break and uh, and talk about 2019 after we come back January 18th to 20th, Level 99 Games will be boothing at PAX South. Swing by our booth and get the latest in Millennium Blades and Exceed. Street Fighter Exceed is going to be released very soon. Come get your Street Fighter Ryu vs. Ken demo decks at PAX South. See you there.
we're back. Welcome. I hope you had a wonderful break. Some spot of tea or perhaps murder. Murder? Uh, what, what is this? That's got it out of the blue, Marco. Well. Are you doing crimes in, during the break? Perhaps I had more than just a rest. Perhaps the break was of someone's neck. <laughs> All right, so Brad, we're going to talk about 2019, mostly because, you know, it's the new year. We need to understand what's coming up for level 99 games. A quick primer and as well as talk about, you know, what's the show going to be about? So 2019, Brad, tell us, illuminate us, give me the light. Yeah, so 2019, in each episode of the show, we're going to focus on a particular point of design Talk a little bit about it in the um, in the first half of the show, and then the second half we'll talk about how we've used it, how we've seen it used well, how we have seen it used poorly, um, and so yeah. So the first half will be kind of definitional, and the second half will be more procedural. Uh, procedural, that makes sense. but not like police procedural where we uncover Marco's murders. Dang, more but- uh, more. You know, like infomercial procedural, where like, and if you include area control in your game, you'll see a twenty-five percent increase in player engagement. I like that. Call one 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 ninety-nine podcast now. But wait, there's more. If you put this in your mechanics right now, we guarantee that your game will also get the Brad thumbs up seal of approval. I'm doing the thumbs up as hard as I can. Hopefully, you can hear you it. You can't too. see it. That's Brad's shonen power. You can hear his actions. <laughs> Invisible thumbs up. Invisible thumbs up. I, I don't know. This, it's a it's a shonen power. That's your shonen power. So that's what we plan. That's what our format is going to be in the next year. But mostly, me and Marco are going to chat about games. And if you enjoy that, if you enjoy me and Marco chatting, or you enjoy games, there's some kind of Venn diagram where both of those things come together. And that is what this podcast is about. It's for those people who live in the center of the Venn diagram. It could also be both. You could just like listening to me and Brad, and somehow it's okay for us to talk about games. Or you could just that's that's true because you won't get that anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Or you just like games, and maybe this is just the specific game design podcast you want to listen to. And you you still have to be at least be neutral on me and me and Marco talking. Yeah, if you hate because us. You know, you could just send the podcast to somebody that you hate, so that way you can or, spite or a, them. Or a frenemy, maybe somebody that you that you love to hate, you know. Ah. You always forget frenemies, Marco, but they're in that Venn diagram, too. So that's the show. That's the show. That's the show, now, but what about our lineup, Brad? What about the lineup of games right. that we have? So, to follow up with our first part, where we talk about what purpose is, now we're going to talk about the second part, which is, what are we doing with our... Purpose. purpose and so the the games that we make um should be should be an indication to you of what our um purpose is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does that make sense so the game should clearly communicate the why that we have established yeah i mean so, i mean so it's it's the three d's right three the, the three dimensions yeah. uh and hopefully every one of our games has that purpose in mind. So, Brad, please list off. The first thing that we're going to be coming out with next year is Street Fighter Exceed. Oh so it's the new sequel to the Exceed fighting system. Uh, finally, we managed to 
uh, set up, arrange, land the Street Fighter license so you can play as all the Street Fighter characters that you know. And hopefully this will enable you to bring in new friends to the game to say, like, hey, look, it's Ryu. You know Ryu? Play Ryu. And invite people to delve in to exceed with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh. I, I think that this one will be a big hit. I hope uh, so. I hope so. Um, You know, for the listeners, I bet Dan's preview isn't out yet. But, like, I know how Dan plays. And holy heck, I just want to play Dan. Like... I just want to get good with Dan so that I can tell people I main Dan and then I can beat them with Dan. And then they'll be with so the, huge. With the random with the random button mashing top decking. And and the best ultra in the game, right? Yeah, it's he's got a pretty good ultra. Yeah, and and that's yeah, not I'm even saying. a joke, right? That's not even a meme joke. Like right? that ultra is actually pretty good. Like We're talking about the legendary taunt, right? Of course. What the other ultra yeah, the, would the I the be? The legendary talking taunt about? is is really spectacular. Yeah, it's actually a really good ultra. It's not just like you know, because you taunt it, them. It's, it's cancel, right? It's for, cancel. For those of you from the BattleCon days, it's cancel. My heart goes out. It's cancel. It's cancel. Oh, I'm so, so happy. Oh my gosh. Okay, so so that's exceed. Sorry, I got really excited about that. No, no, that's that's. It's just a testament to how it's hitting some of those three Ds, right? Well, I, I I I should hope so. I should hope so. But don't harp too much on the 3D. You're gonna sound like you're from the 90s. Whoa, radical! I'm actually 90s Marco Skatesboard. No. Yeah, now it's in 3D. Whoa, it's in 3D. Marco leaps out of the screen with really poor CGI 3D. <laughs> oh my gosh, like old PS1 on a skateboard with, gla- with with big glass, big dark glasses yeah, yeah yeah and there's like a rainbow and, and a boom <laughs> box on your shoulder <laughs> and i'm eating pizza while doing it <laughs> all right, all right. somebody so, needs to make that art please please do it oh my gosh this is the worst you're all creators out there you're all designers out there okay brad so can i talk to you about a game i'm excited about in 2019 that you're making go ahead go ahead Mal- we're making marco you're part of the team oh right i forgot i work for you oh huh. even if you didn't work for me we're still a team oh you've been helping me out on games for a long time friendship brad millennium blades collusion because now you're making me feel bad. I feel like you're just doing this podcast with me because you work for me. Oh no, Brad! I've been doing this podcast way before that. <laughs> the truth is, the truth is, and I'll say this honestly: we both work for Level Ninety Nine Games, ah. and I think that's an important point because there are sometimes Level Ninety Nine Games needs things done that I don't necessarily want to do, but I have to do anyway. So. I work for the company just as much as everybody else. That's true. And I think that's an important distinction that you know that you guys don't work for me. We all work for our common goal. Yes, and that Brad is not a slave driver. Promise. Promise. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. He's a great guy. Brad's a great guy. See, like he just wants to make games that make people happy and spend wonderful vacations where he doesn't talk to anybody but his wife. It's it's fine. You know? Yeah, that, that's 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 kind of what happiness is all about, right? Yeah, finding time to spend pe- with people that you like. Okay, no wait, Brad, we're we're going off the rails into something sentimental. Who cares about sentimentality if you can play trading card games with Millennium Blades Collusion? So Millennium Blades, for the people who don't know about it, is a CCG simulator board game. Imagine how Monopoly is kind of like you pretend to be a real estate magnate and use fake money to buy property. This is a game where you pretend to be a card game anime character 
and you use fake money to buy card packs and participate yep. in fake tournaments. It's build your decks, trade cards. You know, you can win with uh, you can win by getting money. You can win by winning the tournaments. You can win by making friends. You can win by becoming a prestigious collector. It's all there. It's it's such a wondrous, so, wondrous game. So this is the newest expansion, right? Yeah, so Simulating Blade's been out for about three years now. And it's been a big hit, and it's something we, we had a lot of fun designing. We're finishing up the series. This is going to be the last big expansion for Millennium Blades. It's called Millennium Blades Collusion, and it introduces something that really changes the game um, in a much bigger way than I think any of us anticipated, and that's team play. Friendship. Yeah, well, so truly, truly friendship, because like with Millennium Blades, you're really you're out for yourself. You're you're building your cards. You're trying to get ready for the tournament. Having another player who you also want to win changes everything because suddenly you're looking out for them. You're trading cards for them. You're trying to build your deck so that it works together with them. Yeah, all these things that are happening in the um, on the table, you are. Um, you're coll- you're re- truly colluding with another player, it's and perfect. it makes the game way different. Like, w- like way different. I can't. It's hard to explain how different a team game is from a regular game in Millennium Blades. Everything that was cool about Millennium Blades, um, it's that and more in the N- new set. Not so, with friendship. <laughs> yeah, collusion is collusion is going to be. It's going to be really fun. Um, we've got a really cool promotion. We're colluding with a bunch of other game development companies. So we're doing another big crossover pack and it's going to have about, I want to say about 15 different, uh, games in there that we are sharing on showing off. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of crossover cards and it's going to be really cool. You know what, Brad? I agree with you. It is going to be really cool. All right, let's move on. Millennium Blades. Done. Next game. What is it? Please tell me. Yeah, so in summer, we are going to be running 7th Cross, Hunters of the Church. This is our big, fully cooperative, monster hunting game. Uh, You, a team of friends, uh, take on the roles of hunters in this sort of uh, dark fantasy 1930s world and go into the secret hidden places of the earth and hunt terrifying monsters. Um, to uh, to protect the 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 world from uh, from all manner of evil. Ooh. So the um so the the games like I guess what I'd say like storyline narrative they're cool they're stylistic but they're not anything especially unique. Um, what this game really brings is a kind of tactical boss battle that we haven't seen anywhere else before. Mm, yeah. Like. You know, Gloomhaven, you fight a bunch of monster, a bunch of minions. Kingdom Death, you fight big monsters, but it's mostly like a dice fest. Mm. With uh, with Seventh Cross, you really have this intense, uh, very very tight deck building monster battle where you truly customize your hunters with very specific strategies, and you fight bosses that have unique abilities that have very specific ways of fighting, and you really you'll die over and over, and you really have to very carefully build your deck and fine-tune your strategy and work together with your allies to defeat these foes. Almost broke the resolution there when you said you're going to die. I'm like, I almost said like, but I didn't. Uh, It's it's good. It's good. It shows restraint. We're growing. We're growing, Brad. See, I'm really excited about um, Seventh Cross, mostly because uh, we've seen Seventh Cross's world in Exceed Season 2, right? And 
Yeah. Gosh, the art for this game is great. It just makes me want to learn more about this alternate 1940s Earth that you guys have made. And it's it's pretty interesting and pretty fun. And honestly, I've been wanting a cooperative level 99 games game for a long time. Like, Yeah, it's it's been a while in coming. So I'm I'm pretty excited to to finally be bringing it out. Oh my gosh! Um, would you say that Monster Hunter is a big inspiration for how this game kind of like definitely, yeah. Like, would you say that that the experience is supposed to be similar to that, where you and your friends are coordinating and you're like, you know, oh, this is what this monster does, so we all need to do this and that and position here. And yeah, whatever. there's there's a lot of of Monster Hunter in there, and um and there's a little bit of um I guess I'd say Bloodborne as well when you have like the cooperative like the like when you when you invite friends in you have these cooperative fights yeah. against these huge monsters that can kill you in one or two hits that's that's really the experience and like like um i guess a little bit more unlike monster hunter the monsters are very lethal um you know monster hunter you can you can take a few hits most monsters in seventh cross can execute you from 75% life oh jeez um, or even from full life in some cases if you're unprepared yeah uh, yeah, like if you if you misstep, these guys will will definitely kill you. So it's it's a very lethal game, and it's we it's not like Kingdom Death where a monster hits you and you roll ten and so your head explodes. It's like I like you know I'm standing here. I knew that the monster was going to attack, but I wasted my block on something else, or I I may I I did not you know lost What's stamina it? and can't move out of the way, right? Yeah, I I didn't give the the threat of the monster proper gravity and so i died instantly yeah i i feel like that's cool it might sound a bit intimidating but that's the point like these monsters are supposed to scare you yeah and they're supposed to you're supposed to know oh this thing could actually kill me there's no there are no pulled punches even the first boss in the game can can kill you if you're not paying attention wow so it's not gamey right like the giant monster doesn't step on you and you take five percent of your health right like that's no, not how the, it goes. The giant monster steps on you and you know, you lose five of your seven hearts. And uh, if you only happen to have two hearts, well you're dead. Uh or rather if you happen to have lost two hearts previously to something, then you're dead. Yeah. I think like in a lot of games like this, the games are structured in a way that you can't lose in a lot of dungeon crawls until the last boss. We wanted to build a game loop that would allow you to lose. Wow, that's great. So yeah, so a game a game where you you can die and you can and you won't have lost an hour and a half of progress, you know. So yeah. so that was kind of our main design goal here was to create a real lethal boss, um, a, like you know, but strategically lethal boss fights. Yeah, sounds great to me. All right, Brad, seventh cross, that's done. Is there anything else? Because honestly, I'm I'm not nothing's popping up into my head. So you illuminate. So. On the horizon, we have a new season of Exceed after Street Fighter. It's still unannounced, but um, oh, t- I can I can tell you that it is um, it's going to be something that you recognize. And um, if you go into the Discord and you say, "What's the next season of Exceed?" I think everybody already knows. So you can just join the community and find out if you don't know already. Yeah. So is it a fighting game IP? It is not a fighting game IP, actually. I see. Obviously, it's, it's... something else. It is a, a a gardening IP. Oh, so it's Naruto. I knew it. It yes, is Naruto. Yes, Naruto. Yes, it is Naruto. No, uh, I I won't. I can't say specifically, but it um, it's it's an open secret. So do a little research. You'll figure it out. Join the community. That's your incentive. Link for which can yep. be found in the description down below. <laughs> 
And we have two other big projects after that this year. Those are yet unannounced, but they're in design right now. So we are working on those games, which we will bring you in fall and winter of 2019. And you hear a little bit more about those when they're coming, but we are already planning for them. We are planning for them. And you know what? Just stay tuned. So, Brad, as much as I would like to keep, you know, talking about design and talking about, like, the purposes in design, I feel like this introductory episode to our podcast kind of kicks it off and we can get into the, quote-unquote, real proper episodes in the next one next week. So, listener, I hope you will be there when we release it, and I do hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast. If you did, please share it with a friend, and if you didn't, share it with a friend of me. As usual, that's been me, your host, Mark DeSantos, also known as a mechanic critic, and with me has been my amazing co-host. Brad Talton, thank you all for listening. I appreciate your time, and I want to wish you happy gaming and a happy new year. And thank you, World of Indians. Thank you, and good night. The new Level Cap podcast is produced by Level 99 Games. Join us next Wednesday for more design talk and shenanigans. This has been Chris Solis, and thank you for listening.